welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we usually bring you some fun shows, but I have to say the last one really caught me by surprise and hurt my feelings a little bit as the ice lady and the icing lady went behind my back to record a show about dreams and dream catching, and that really hurt. Uh, and, and everyone, especially Anne, I think is living with the consequences. We'll talk about that in a minute, but this is a Monday. So we're just here to bring the usual ho-hum, humdrum recap of last week's TVTL. We do have a full roster today, which is rare. So to get everyone introduced, I am Mike Frizzell and I'm hosting for maybe the last time from the Insect Museum in Kyle, Texas. And let me tell you who else we have on board from all over this greatly divided land these days, starting with my bestest buddy in Phantom Pain from Transitions Lenses slash Autocrat, Autocrat Coffee Milk Studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. It's Bobby Pape. Hello, Bobby. Uh, hello, Mike. Uh, I've got to issue a correction. Sorry to cut you off so early on this, but uh, I'm actually not broadcasting what? from the Transition what? Lenses <laughs> Studios, the Autocrat Studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I am actually in a, a beautiful little enclave, uh, a rare, nice part of Kent, Washington, this afternoon. Hmm. Okay, that's strange credulity, but but we'll I guess we'll get to that in a minute and get your story. Um, from the sweltering 100 plus degrees, 110 on your uh, heat index, Menagerie Animal Rescue Studios in Dallas, Texas. It's Meredith all the way, Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hope you're keeping cool. Hi, Mike. Actually, I'm going to have to correct you too. Um, there's only one dog here um, that I can see, and I am also in Kent, Washington. Hmm. So I guess I'm the only one sitting in the heat. All right. Um, at least from uh, Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. I'm still a little miffed at you, but I didn't want to not introduce you just because I'm mad. Um, Mike, I hate to say this, but um, I'm not in the Stick of Butter kitchens today or this weekend. I'm I'm actually uh, looking out uh, over a lake in, in Kent, Washington. That seems like quite the coincidence going on here. Um, but there, well, there's one one person left I can count to be at home in the sweltering Comcast inbox Carter Subaru Studios in Linwood, Washington, and that is Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Yeah, I'm here. Pipe Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, at least I know where one where one person is without without being corrected. And that's uh, Aiden McQuillan, I think, is on the ones and twos for us today. He's manning the board for this recap show. Hey, Aiden. Hi. <laughs> All right. As as always, we'll roll through some LRB business, which will include why the heck um, y'all are there and I suck. We'll give you our hot takes on the recap. We'll keep it short because I don't think anybody was really listening that closely this week. We'll keep some house and then we'll let you know how to get involved with the show. Um, wow, LRB business. It seems like a pretty big piece of business last night. What happened? Oh, well, we just had a small, low-key get-together. We thought a few friends, maybe like 50 or 60 of them. Mm -hmm. Just a few. There were a few desserts, a few main dishes, a, f a precious few salads, I have to say, but a lot of chips. 
Yeah, somehow um, it all worked out all right. It did. It did. Even though we abandoned the spreadsheet really before. That's the problem with you not being there, Mike, is that there was nobody to enforce the rules. Yeah. I was just going to be sitting there with a trash can, a desk, and a and a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a, a bunch of really great people who turned out, some people that I met before, some people who I was meeting for the very first time, and everybody was so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, lessons learned include, next time we probably want to bring lighting of some sort. Yeah. It got very dark in yes. that pavilion. Power, but no lights. Very weird. <laughs> hmm. But uh, other than squinting at the food table to try and figure out what was left in the dark, everything went so well. And I hope everybody has been watching the LRB Facebook page because Jack Taylor made some (laughs) amazing, what do we even call them? Picnic props? Cutouts? I don't know. He works on the stage, so I would call them props and set (laughs) pieces. Yes, indeed. Of the highest quality. A terracotta army. (laughs) (laughs) Six foot tall versions of the Bobo and Johnny dolls to welcome everyone in, plus our very own little red bandwagon that we posed in front of and had our picture taken. And it was just amazing. Oh, plus those cornhole boxes that were for (laughs) throw your phone moments. They were so great. And they got a ton of use. And we should mention, I don't know if it got picked up in the photos, but the beanbags had telephones on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw one of those. Yeah, I did see that. I love one of the little girls says, my mommy has a mug with those pictures on them. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope a good time was had by all. We missed you, Mike. We tried not to have too much fun without you. We failed. Mm, I didn't I didn't feel very missed during the event. There wasn't a whole lot of mention of me going on, but I appreciate the mentions afterward as people felt a little bit guilty about me not being being there. Actually, people did mention you. They sheepishly took whatever they brought and put it on the table, and they were waiting to be interrogated. And then when they realized they weren't being interrogated. <laughs> like, like I could even remember what I said about that. <laughs> Come on. Complete bullshit. So um, speaking of insults to me personally, that Friday clip show, you snuck that one in uh, past the goalie. No there. one even knew that was happening. <laughs> That was Christy's idea. It was all Christy's idea. I didn't want to do it, but she said, if you don't do it with me, Anne, you can't be on the show anymore. What was I supposed to do? I threatened to break her legs. Yeah. (laughs) It was a pretty great show. I just have, I can't remember yours or Christy's dreams because I I immediately, like, my brain turns off. Well, there's actually art about Anne's, so I think you can figure it out. That's that's true. I pointed that out to Emily before we started recording. That uh, well, you guys have to go look at the Facebook page. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the cartoon version of Anne looks very worried about that her corn dog baby. But of course, when she woke up, she just laughed. Well, and it's laughed. got a bite taken out <laughs> of it. I know. Yeah, I'd you be have, too. If you have a corn dog, you have to take a bite. True. That was such a big baby, though. That bite seemed hardly significant. I think I think the baby could have come back from that with Steve Share's surgeon. All right, guys, enough fooling around with that. It is time to get started with our week in review. We're going to start with Monday, 2445, and that's going to be Anne. God, what happened on Monday? Seems like a world <laughs> world ago. Uh, Monday, number 2445, hipster determinism. Uh, I think interesting to note that we had a pre-show informational announcement from Andrew to let us know that the audio problems 
continue on the show. I just listen around that stuff. I don't even really notice, but it was obvious that he was upset enough that he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that they knew that we knew that they knew that we knew that they know that it was all happening. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all we're all okay with that, right? Okay. So they really want to talk about Game of Thrones because Luke has actually watched it on time for once, but they stopped themselves themselves, and uh it turns out that people have been emailing them effusively praising Nick Jaron's appearance on uh, Song of Ice and Spoilers, so they're both feeling a little put out by that, that everybody... I think they were referencing my... I Because I tweeted on Sunday night, or, or last week sometime, I tweeted at Nick, I said, thank you for your service. You know, like, it was a very official, you know, <laughs> like, because uh, he has saved that segment. I know. It- so I speak for those who are listening to the segment, he saved it. Mm-hmm. And um, spoiler alert, we'll get a, another dose of Nick later in the week. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got into this thing that I thought was just absolutely adorable. It's a topic they'd been talking about before they went to air. Oh, my God. A new Diet Coke just magically appeared in front of me. <laughs> I love Will's house. Um, <laughs> where was I? <laughs> uh, uh, this story about a six-year-old Andrew who, quote unquote, wrote a song called Heaven Forbid I Love You. Aww. He didn't really understand the term heaven forbid, but he just felt that it made sense in a song. And that is a decent country song title. More than decent. It works on multiple levels. <laughs> yeah. You could you could play it different ways and twist it around. There's no reason this shouldn't be a real hit song sold to thousands and millions of stupid people across America. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Luke was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. today. And when he said that, I took a deep breath. And then there was a tangent about how he and Carrie went to Port Townsend and went to someplace called Coopville and went to a craft show. And does anybody actually buy stuff at craft shows? And I was like, well, they keep having craft shows. So somebody must be. Church ladies do. Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody who wears a lot of cat sweatshirts yeah. buy stuff at craft shows. That's where they get know. their sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah. I've never bought anything at a craft show, but my mom does every once in a while. Peacock prints. Peacock prints. <laughs> exactly, Christy. We had a whole conversation about my mom's peacock prints. Um, but Luke and Carrie don't buy things at craft fair. And then because of this magical craft fair experience, Luke decided that he just couldn't face getting up at 3 a.m. to make his 5 a.m. flight to D.C. So he came up with the following plan instead he was going to fly bellingham to seattle to la to baltimore on the red eye to take the lift to dc to arrive in time to lead his panel at the prpd lead to lead lead his panel panel at the prpd Oh, oh and by the way the seattle connection and the la connection are like 30 minutes yeah, so oh, they're very tight. And anyone yes. who's been to LAX, which is the worst airport in life, yeah. uh-huh. shouldn't be having a 30-minute connection. So, okay, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I was, for, I, I, I for didn't fuck's see it happening. sake. Sorry, Aiden. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> I believe he just accepted. He doesn't have a mic on him now, but I believe he just accepted an apology. Yeah. We were all rooting against him. Let's face it. I know. We started rooting against him and all I these things. I had zero faith that any of that was going to work. I know. Well, I asked if if it was bad that I kind of wanted him to miss a flight because how right. is he ever going to learn if this stuff always works out for him? And it's no consequences. consequences. Right. 
No, he never has any consequences for any of these ridiculous decisions, which is why he keeps doing them. And the only thing that he regrets is that he actually talked about it on TBTL. So he had right. pre, <laughs> uh, a pre-planning knowledge of this if it actually came to pass. I did actually think that in the moment, if he didn't get there, and then anyone at the PRPD listened to him mm-hmm. explaining the disaster he created for himself. Well, he knew that, obviously. Oh. Submit your expenses, motherfucker. Let's see if you get this <laughs> shit back. Sorry, Aiden. Cinnabon. That was about four, four, four grand four grand worth of craft fair time you got to spend. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out how the flight turned out tomorrow. But um, they're going to go into the top story, and they say that that obviously the top story in the country is what happened over the weekend in charlottesville i think they learned their lessons from like the pulse nightclub shooting and so forth where they chose Mm -hmm. really not to address it and decided that they needed at least to to mention it so that people knew that we're not all just living in the tbtl bubble so uh they, they do more than our president uh initially did by remarking that white supremacists are terrible and uh luke there's two sides and are we sure? <laughs> sure, there's two sides. <laughs> the wrong and the right. Let's just the wrong. Okay, side okay. And and Luke said something really nice. He said, "Remember that there are more good people in this world than bad." That was nice. Yeah, yeah. That was good. and I don't know that there's anything more that we can say that hasn't already been said about that as well, except that um, Nazis are bad people. Well, I'd like to see some juggalos punch some Nazis. That's yes. what I would like to say about yeah. that. All right, Meredith. By the way, congratulations on. Walking the line of defending Juggalos all week on the I am page. happy. I will defend Juggalos all day long. I don't care. <laughs> I think they're great people. Everybody you have knows. some straight, dirty clown love. I do. Okay. I do. All right. Let's go to the real top story. Uh, oh, no. Wait. Let's not go to the real top story. Let's pretend we're going to the real top story and then talk about how <laughs> Luke's drinking mini Coke Zeros. <laughs> because he feels that four sips is about all the soda he needs. And I said, amateur. Right? <laughs> Now, see, I, I agree with him. I agree with him. No, uh, Anne, uh, Anne's got a full size twelve ounce can Diet Coke in front of her right now. Meredith has a micro sized can of rose rose in front of her right now. Well, so the nice <laughs> thing about this is that they, by the time you're done with it, it's still cold, right? right? So you just have to drink. Doesn't Christie's mom have a bandolero of those? <laughs> she takes the party? She has them in a camelback. Yeah, she yeah, camelback. Yeah. She empties the whole four pack yeah. into yeah. the camelback. Uh well, I mean, to be fair, Meredith's got her second can in front of her, and I've got my second beer. Oh, this is my third. So, oh. <laughs> Apologies. But I, I actually like the small cans of Diet Coke for that reason. I've always liked the bar mixer sized cans because you kill mm-hmm. it while it's still cold, mm-hmm. and then you just grab another one yeah. when you're ready, and you know, nobody's counting the empties. No, I can't drink the minis, and it's because I do have a little bit of the addictive tendencies, which is why I don't drink, because I'll crack open a can of Diet Coke, and five minutes later, I'll go to take a sip, and it's empty, and I'll be like, wait, what happened? I'm thirsty. <laughs> you blacked out <laughs> while you were drinking exactly, Diet Coke. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So at some point, I was like, maybe I better stay away from alcohol if this is how it's going to be. So as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, the bigger the container, the better. I have mm. drunk a two liter of Diet Coke once. It wasn't a really good idea. We're not judging. <laughs> um, so besides the fact that he likes the amount of uh, liquid it holds, Luke likes drinking the mini Coke Zeros because he feels massive when he's doing it. <laughs> he compares himself to Minute Bowl. 
which is great. And Andrew then brings up small little bottles of Corona. Splits. Is that what they're or, called? Or ponies. No, cor- yeah. Ponies. Corner- yeah, I read them. There's a Spanish name. Well, a fake Spanish name for it, like Corneritas or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you get buckets of them in Mexico. The venti yeah. of the oh. Mexican piss beer. Yes. Right. And of course, Luke is intimately familiar with these because he used to go to Jackie's Fifth Amendment in Brooklyn, which is, I think, the best name for a bar yeah. ever in this right. world. Uh, where you could get something called a fuck it bucket, which is five of these mini Coronas. What did yep. you say? Coronitas. Coronitas for four or five dollars. I looked up to see what's going on at Jackie's Fifth Amendment and they closed in October of 2013. Aww. So too bad. And now it's condos. That's just a guess. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So we finally get to the actual top story, which is about fruitcake. What do you think about fruitcake as a baker? I have never made a fruitcake, but I have eaten fruitcakes many times because mm, right. while we were living in England, mm. my mom learned to make British fruitcakes. That's a big cake there. In fact, it, um, uh, Prince Will and Kate, fruitcake was their wedding cake. Yeah, I remember. So, you just call him Will. You're just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like Me and Will. Oh, all right. You know. He's like Justin. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I was in the country when his mother got married, so. Wow. <laughs> Uh, You've earned the right. Mike, you are old enough that you remember when fresh fruit had to be preserved regularly. <laughs> Shut you have a fruitcake talk? Up. No. I, I had not tried fruitcake until like fairly recently or whatever. Somebody, um, I've had so many, we've had so many tragedies in our lives. I'm sure somebody sent some small fruitcake or something. And, and I, I, it was a, it was just a small like the Panatone ones or whatever. I think that's what they're called. And it's, it's fine. It's delicious. It's you know the stupid joke has made its way, you know. So but Panatone it's not going to kill you. Panatone have is a little the, the paint color. Fruit I just cake. have to correct you real quick before we get sharp shot. <laughs> uh, pan, uh, gosh, it's like the Italian, right? Yeah, the, I know what you mean. Yeah, but there's a couple of different kinds. That was that the one that was like a bready. With the fruit in it, like breadiness with fruit in it, or was it yeah. solid? Yeah, it, it wasn't the full-on hardcore fruitcake. I've had the solid brick I've had of both gel fruit. Now that my mind has been opened, and they're fine. They taste pretty good. Don't, don't, don't be a baby. I, I'm with Mike. <laughs> I've had and enjoyed, you know, a thin sliver. It's almost like eating a jam or jelly, though. Like you could slice yeah, it's it really... and put it on a cracker or cake yeah. or something. And... Oh, you know what? I just googled it, Mike. You were right. It is called Panatone. Pantone hey, is the colored chips. For the yeah. painfully alone. Yeah, <laughs> well, the one that my mom makes, uh, she makes it every year for my dad's birthday. His birthday is in January, so it's not too far out of season. It's what he requests because he's very snobbish about being very healthy. So he figures that fruitcake, that's a pretty healthy <laughs> yeah, dessert. Candied, has it written candied in there. Fruit. My mom's like, don't you ever tell him how much sugar is in this. But she sure. starts making it about three weeks ahead. And then every night she soaks it in brandy, I think. And by the time that sucker is ready, uh, it'll knock you right out. Well, that that's why they talk about it as the perfect um, food or one of the perfect foods for these exploration trips because it's ca- so calorie dense. It's intense. So, yeah, you pack that to the pole and not only you're not very hungry because you really don't want to eat fruitcake, but it's going to last you a long time because it has a lot of calories. Look at these organic hippie vegan bullshit snack bars that you buy at cvs for the Mm -hmm, day mm -hmm. that they've taken everything out except the fruit and nuts so it's basically just a compressed fruit bar it's the same thing just without all the ridiculous food coloring for the bright pink and green cherries Mm -hmm. well we're talking about fruitcake today because 
uh, it turns out that a, I think it was a 106 year old fruitcake from, uh, Robert Falcon Scott, who Luke calls Robert Bird a million times until I got really confused, uh, <laughs> from his expedition, uh, and, they so they found the preserved fruitcake. I don't care how old the guy is. I don't think we should be calling him a fruitcake. Just call him a a, a, a gay. <laughs> That's offensive. A gay British man. <laughs> man of a, a certain persuasion is not what. Right. <laughs> well, I was about to get all up in my throw your phone moment because Luke said that the was talking about the whole race to the South Pole and his competitor was a Danish guy and I was like no. He was Norwegian, but then Lucky, mm-hmm. uh, a little later on, Luke corrected himself, so okay. I didn't have to get all mm-hmm. upset about mm-hmm. that. Um, it smells like rancid butter, but otherwise it seems okay. I think that's going to mean <laughs> Anne doesn't eat it. And then they do discuss the fact that neither one of them has ever eaten fruitcake, and it is its reputation that has just kept them from doing that. So they're going to buy one and eat it okay. at Christmas, I assume. I bet you can't get in them anywhere other than at Christmas, so... Then Luke wants to know, is Fruitcake about to have its hipster moment? Probably. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they talk about how hipster trends evolved and how Genevieve is obsessed with birds and how birds are becoming a hipster thing. Is that the truth? Birds were the hipster thing like 10 or 15 years ago. I just thought it was when you turned 40. When my mom turned 40, all of a sudden she was all about birds. And I was, she had like a trash can full of bird seed and all these bird books. And my mom did that too. She made this transition to where now there's bird feeders outside of every single window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they spend probably more money on suet and bird feed than they do on people food. It's very strange. Birds freak me out. As they should. I'm fine with yeah. birds, but they, they when I was visiting them in July, they would see something. They would see a pileated woodpecker invariably. And like when they got super excited, I'd be like, what is a pileated woodpecker? And they're like, yeah, look Look, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I know, I'm just so, I don't want to go to Costa Rica on like a birding trip. Yeah, they do that. They travel to see migrating birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. There are Not just for me. so many things I don't give a fuck about. And that's really high on the Um, Christy, how do you feel about goats? They're cute. Okay. Oh, so I you can get on that. devil eyes. I'm scared of goats. Oh, Split okay. opinions here Have on the panel. Have you seen their pupils? Their pupils are rectangles. Oh, no. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to be scared of them. You should be. Okay. <laughs> They're from hell. <laughs> <laughs> I know they like weirdly climb up on things. Yeah, they like to stand on top of stuff. They'll stand yeah. on cows or they'll stand on it's like, That's weird. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cute, grass. actually. They're like cats in that way. They want to be on the highest thing that they can get on. But I think yeah. their eyes are terrifying. I've milked a goat before and it was scary. I had to overcome my fears. I had to look in this thing's eyes and touch its nipples. Whoa, you have more authority. I've just seen the the big thing around here is to get a bunch of goats to eat the lawns and like clear things. And that's all I've seen. I'm like, well, that's cute. No, that is a cute idea. But no, this was at some some farm or something. I've never tried to touch a nipple, though. Um, Well, at least you didn't have to nurse a corn dog, though. (laughs) I'd rather nurse a corn dog, I think. I'm getting hungry. We got to keep moving, guys. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yes. Goats are cool because Carrie wants a goat. Let's just remember how resistant Luke was to the idea of getting a cat for a long time. Next, and- it's chicken. She gets a chicken <laughs> oh, by yeah. the end of the year. Oh, yeah, totally. And Luke thinks this is all part of some Wes Anderson twee moonrise kingdom hipstery. For sure. Kind of thing. Yes. Uh, then we go to emails, and um, there's one from Gregory. I wasn't listening as closely as I should have been at this point, but they're talking about um, how uh, Luke used to listen to the planes on the radio broadcast for the Mariners, 
And Gregory says that uh, pilots flying over the game, I think it was the Dodger Stadium, I think he said in the in the email that um, they could pick up the AM radio frequency. And so they would goose the engines as they were flying over so that they could mm. get. Uh, oh, no, this was in this was in New York. The old Mets Stadium was right by the airport. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew wants to know if the Mariners play a train sound or if that's an actual train. It's and, an actual train. And then I felt like yes. this show was perilously close to going off the rails. Uh, <laughs> it should have ended there, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Andrew has to recap the story that he told Nick Jaron while Luke was out about how he had that super obnoxious Mets fan, that uh, fans that he was then taunting uh, inappropriately after a while. And Luke always with the one up, stories with poor sportsmanship tells this terrible story <laughs> about this super super obnoxious Mets fan at the at a Dodger game uh, who had a lisp and Luke mocked him for the lisp and this guy was destroyed. It was Can you tell I didn't listen to the talk? <laughs> So sad and horrified that he did that. Well, the worst part for me is he he knew the technical name for this lisp and he said it like seventeen times oh, yeah. because He's he wanted to let us know that he knows this word. Yeah. See, this is I, no, I, no. I not only didn't know it. I now I don't even remember it. Oh, I don't so, either. You know. Sibilance or something. Like so that? it rhymes yeah. with corn dog. <laughs> well, so this is like chapter forty-seven in the autobiography of Luke Burbank. Luke Burbank colon. I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Andrew then, I think, makes him feel even worse by revealing that he was a fat, nerdy, lonely kid with a lisp who had to go to speech classes until he was in seventh or eighth grade. Mm. So Andrew was that kid that Luke mocked. Mm -hmm. And that was a great way to end Monday. (laughs) All right. Tuesday, 2446. Wednesday is coming or pet Steve. They start out the day talking about how they're not going to talk about tech problems, but Mm, how'd that go? They enabled one another, set the clock for 30 seconds and spent six minutes and 43 seconds talking about tech problems. (laughs) Not that we were counting. Uh, No, I didn't set an alarm or anything. Uh, They got a new system, but they don't think that it makes them better than any of us. Uh, Andrew is editing with some new software and he feels weird about it because he got very comfortable with his old software. Uh, and Luke sounds very mad that things change. That's what I put. <laughs> same, Luke, same. <laughs> uh, regarding Luke's ridiculous flight plans, he actually made it to D.C. against all odds. I was actually very surprised that mm-hmm. this worked out for him. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure he was going to get stuck in one of those many cities that he was having 30-minute layovers in. And now he's going to feel like he can do this again. Yes. No consequences once again. Damn it. Um, I really am sorry to say this, but our top story for today is talking about roundabouts. <laughs> Andrew New York Times explains roundabouts, telling us exactly what they are, and he incorrectly says that they're designed to slow down traffic. They're actually meant to move traffic along because you don't have to have stopping at stoplights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, faster alternative to an intersection with lights. Um, Luke Mer- Meredith. The what's irritated me about this roundabout story since they've been trying to talk about it for days and days is the original um, idea to talk about it came from something that's not really a roundabout. There are there are these crowded neighborhoods in Seattle where there is there's 
there are what, you know, you could say that's a roundabout in the middle of an intersection, but there's really only, you know, like room for like one and a half lanes of cars coming from each direction. And Andrew called Luke out one day because he just cut the corner. You know, that's not a roundabout, guys. It's a, that's, that's a glorified a crowded intersection. Ass neighborhood. That, yeah, that forces people to take their turns and slow down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. In, and the roundabouts that, that we're that we should be talking about are the ones that are trying to put in all over, all over the United States, which work great. You just need to fucking figure it out. And they're way more efficient than four-way stops. I go uh, through it, half a dozen of these being a New Englander now, driving from Rhode Island to Boston for work. They're two mm-hmm. lanes wide. Everybody has a yield sign. There's like six roads coming in and out of each one. And you mm-hmm. don't slow down. You fly through. You change lanes yep. at your own risk. Mm-hmm. And they work. They work really well. We call them rotaries. They're great. They work. Right. Right. They're called rotaries. Luke decides uh, that he's grown up a little tiny bit, at least insofar as that he'll follow traffic rules in a roundabout. <laughs> well, once. thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, we learned a lot about the roundabout rules via the Seattle Times. They say you can't just turn. You have to go counterclockwise. And Luke is begrudgingly accepting of this. Um, and we learned that you can tattle on people via the city's app if they're blocking one of these roundabouts. And I bet you a million dollars that Andrew has downloaded that app and does this <laughs> all the time. Just want to make sure that everybody follows the rules, Meredith. Well, there's a 311 in Dallas, and I have definitely downloaded that app, and I have definitely used it. Does so. it have a pink ink option? It doesn't. I should suggest that. What kind of things can you report on it? Um, Like, uh, well, I've used it for for when I find dogs that are loose. Oh, okay. So you can report a loose animal, and they actually will come and get it. Or, like, if there's problems. It's usually, like, you didn't pick up my recycling. Mm. Why? Okay. But wait a second. If you post Lost Dogs there instead of next door, where do your racist manifestos go? <laughs> also in 311 app. There's like a tab for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole, di- there's a, there's a, there's a brown man in my panel. neighborhood mm-hmm. app. Yeah. Uh, they talk sad. a little bit about cameras being everywhere, especially in cars, body cams on police, and they transition somehow to the CCTV of the jogger murderer. Um, Luke said that he's cool with this, having cameras everywhere, uh, because. For one, they released the American who was accused because he was not in the UK at the time. And we all know that he has an uncle who loves those Russian dash oh, yeah. crash videos <laughs> <laughs> and just sits and watches those at family gatherings. Um, and actually, I thought that this might be a really good thing. I've never seen this in a Lyft or an Uber, but I thought it would be good, like especially with that girl who stabbed her Lyft driver. Remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be nice to have a camera facing inward and outward for people who are driving for Lyft and Uber. Yeah. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. I mean, we're great. under surveillance at this moment, mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so if I murder Bobby, we have to erase that tape. Yeah. You're going to have to chase down Aiden. You're going to have to yeah, either kill him or buy him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a 20 in my pocket. Does that work? <laughs> Oh. oh, wow. He's got some eyes on some software <laughs> we were talking earlier. <laughs> yeah. uh, Luke says that he wants a camera in his life for his marriage. And that sounds so petty to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, I think he would always be apologizing. Oh, he would be wrong 100% yeah, of the right. time. Carrie would be right. <laughs> no question. Um, Andrew talks about question of the day. And I just like to say RIP question of the day until Friday. Uh I really like this segment. I'm sad that it's gone. And I don't understand why it can't exist with Luke. Right? Yeah. Because we either know the answer to any question 
for Luke, or it'll just be a springboard into a 25-minute tangent about yeah, whatever, everything else. Something else. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah. that's everything else on this show. <laughs> this is the talk about, you know, the olden days versus now. The mm-hmm. structure is great, and destroying it is funny. But starting with it, it's great. Mm-hmm. I loved Question of the Day. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, they talk a little bit about, you know, having snippets of their past everyday life when they were kids. And um, Luke says something about how... Uh, there's a lot of stuff he'd rather wasn't recorded at all. Yeah. Um, we get a breaking bad news sounder. Uh, Steve Scher wrote in about the roundabout article saying that he, was this on Twitter or an email? He said he would follow these roundabout rules as long as Andrew agrees to never jaywalk or spit. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like a bargain to me. Uh, and then we move on to this really awesome quiz. Uh <laughs> much fun um andrew says quote this is going to be real clusterfuck sorry aiden uh but they do it anyway uh and we learn about uh what you do when you're blinded by headlights uh what the solid white line means and i'm already asleep so i'm gonna stop this is why the dmv is always so crowded because people are just it's like a water slide people are in line to go take the written test for the driving exam they're so excited they keep going back over and over again (laughs) I have to mention in the donation section um, that our friend Cinder in Traverse City was one of the dazzling donors of the day. Um, and they talk a little bit about Michigan and about how Michigan is the mitten state. I was going to ask you about that. Well, it is the Wolverine state, but it has, I mean, it makes sense that it's the mitten state, right? It's shaped for yeah. mitten. And you always say, oh, this is where I live or I live over here. You use your Same as Washington. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. We copied it from Michigan. Yeah, though. we mm-hmm. did it first. No. <laughs> but we are the Wol- Wolverine state, I think, is the primary thing. Um, emails for the day. Um, there's a really, really great email about legal IDs for radio stations. Andrew's obsessed with them and he thinks that we are too, but I'm pretty sure he's on the only one who's really into this. Um, this was Peter and he wrote this on Facebook and he said that he found the longest one from the Nebraska educational telecommunications network. And they played this and just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I really thought this was kind of funny. I'm not obsessed with these things, but the this was, it 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 got it was funny at first, and then it got boring, and then it became funny again. It was mm-hmm. one of those things where they just kept going so mm-hmm. long that it got it, it did that bell curve where it came back to being funny. Uh, and then Bean wrote in about that Kesha song, saying that that was a remake of a Dolly Parton song, and it turns out that Kesha's mom actually wrote it. So oh, now this all makes sense. Yeah. And this turned into like an inside to the power of inside spoof about how the mother of the Mariners first base coach wrote the song. Uh, pretty good spoof. Uh, Luke talks a lot about PRPD then and Andrew nods along like he knows what it's like to be at PRPD. Uh, Luke did his panel on interviewing, but he wasn't even supposed to be there today mm-hmm. because he wasn't registered. Um, he played the Singer Ross interview as an example of what not to do when you're interviewing. <laughs> um, and I just have to mention that he called out a guy who got up and left the room, and I hate it when yep. people do that. That is so embarrassing. I've been to plenty of conferences where you're in these conference rooms for an hour and, you know, sometimes you just get up and go to the bathroom. It's not the end of the world. Right. You're not insulting the, the the presenter. And so Luke called this guy out and was like, oh, is it that bad? And the poor guy probably had to pee or something. Yeah. It's terrible. 
Um, and then An- uh, Andrew wants a bunch of public radio swag, and we hear a little bit more about that later. Um, and then and this is the show where they decide that they're going to draw the show pictures to avoid copyright issues. Uh, Luke is worried that people will see those drawings and think it's a show for children, and I think they'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> Time for Wednesday? Actually, just let me... um, I just have one thing in my notes that I don't remember the context for. Aiden, plug your ears for a second. All I wrote... Because my notes are very thin for Tuesday. All I wrote was a dildo joust. (laughs) What? Can you say that again? (laughs) It's called a sword fight. Is it? I believe it was in direct reference to something that I thought would be really funny to say, but now I can't remember I don't what it was. Either. Should I YouTube it or am I should I not no. Google that? Oh, no. Don't, don't Google it. No. Okay. Not on Will's IP address. No, <laughs> <laughs> no okay, you can go to Wednesday now. All right. Wednesday number two thousand four hundred forty seven, stepmother of dragons. Um, I loved this beginning. It was the best part of the show when Andrew said he's the stepmother of dragons, but sometimes they slip up and accidentally call him mom, and that makes him feel really good. But <laughs> And then the second best part was Stubot checking in um, to check in about the audio issues to make sure how they're, how they're coping with it and that Andrew's probably um, doing therapy pull tabs. And then that just, just like... Steve Nelson, he left her for cigarettes and never came back to the adult sons, large adult sons. sons. Yes. At the PPRD, Luke ran into Steve Nelson, who was trying to um, plug Luke's show to someone. And Luke said, Yeah, why the fuck did they say that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then he said, Hey, I'm I'm trying to talk you up here. Luke. Um, Luke's going to host on a party bus and his new um, wise words from Tara told him not to worry and not to stress, but that means nothing's getting done. Mm -hmm. I think he needs to find the happy medium between stressing so much he's not getting anything done and actually not doing anything. Well, her whole point was that stressing out doesn't accomplish anything. He needs to stop stressing and start doing. Right. Is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, Luke goes nuts by starting to steal swag for our Andrew and goes crazy and starts going to the unatta- um, unattended booths and a guy comes up to him and is like hey what what's up and Luke thought he was going to get busted <laughs> <laughs> probably because he was such a bad kid and got busted doing so much yeah. stuff yeah. Um, but it was just a guy who wanted to network um, there was in my recording I don't know if you guys had this all week but I had a huge audio recording audio skip in which it went to a bunch of commercials and then when it came back it was just a clip stock so i have no idea how that transition from stealing swag to eclipse went wow i didn't have that now that was just for you my whole episode went would um stop i would have a crackle noise and then it would rewind to like probably 45 seconds before and i'd hear the same story again are you sure that wasn't just Luke and Andrew being bad at producing. No, I listened to. I tried it first on the web and then deleted it and Hmm. on my phone. And so I don't know if anyone else is having that problem. But anyways, didn't want to talk about audio problems. Um, (laughs) So they um, talk about Eclipse. Vive got four pairs of glasses and then dropped one out of her purse. Um, 
Luke, of course, forgot to buy glasses because Mm -hmm. he didn't have any warning that this was going to (laughs) happen. Um, and somehow they were going to be, they were invited to go on the super exclusive Alaska Airlines flight. That sounds amazing. And they turned it down. I want to go. I hate them both. Why would you turn it down? Aiden, this is probably when Christy's going to start clipping on the track. You might want to <laughs> watch Christy's mad. <laughs> I mean, I'll explain it to people is that it's going to take off and the, follow the eclipse all the way to Nashville, right? To the end point. That's wow. amazing, and you'll get to watch it. I don't yeah. know, but they wanted to feel it from the ground. Okay. And Luke can't find the glasses anywhere, so he might go to a welding store and wear a welding mask. <laughs> well, so, that's a solution. Whatever works. Yeah. Uh, it, let's see. Oh yeah, um, this is just my advice: if you're going to be looking at the sun, don't cheap out. Don't mess around. No. <laughs> like, don't. Uh, one of my coworkers got these fake glasses because he wanted to save five dollars. Don't cheap out. Don't save five dollars to save your eyes. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> or do because my wife works in ophthalmology, and we could always use the business. <laughs> um, and then they talked a little bit about how we just naturally have the instinct to close our eyes when we look at the sun. Um. And so when you have the glasses on, you might close your eyes or not. And then there's a, was it the top story? Maybe it was the top story. Um, Amazon's cracking down on the fake glasses. And a guy bought a bunch of them and was going to resell them on Amazon. And they thought they were fake, so they shut him down. So his first instinct was to fly to Seattle, where Amazon is, and pound on their doors (laughs) until they reactivate. Which seems really strange because I doubt that... well, 99% of the people that are at the headquarters of Amazon won't know who this crazy guy is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sh- surprised that they didn't just shut him down or call the police anyways. Then he went mm-hmm. home and kept selling his glasses. Um, this was a funny story about how Costco's been selling Tiffany's style rings. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany sued them and now they owe him a bunch of money. And Andrew's solution was that they spell Tiffany with a PH. <laughs> It's actually pretty good. It's a really good. Yeah. It's a really good. I will say though that there's this okay, there's this kind of wine um that Costco sells and they sell it at the Costco by my house and it is $30,000. Did you buy it? No, not yet. <laughs> saving up my couch cushion change. It's actually 10 bottles of wine, so they're $3,000 each. But oh. come on, you have to buy them all at the same time. And then you got to get them out of that stupid package and you cut your hand with the fucking scissors and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> and then it tastes just like the $3 stuff at a Trader Joe's. Right. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> um, then they go into talk about which public radio show would pair with a fidget spinner. This would have been a great conversation, but then they just stopped talking about it. Um, next is the, one of the hit songs on, on, um, iTunes right now is a silent 10 minute song called AAAA. Um, and what it is, is it goes straight into the first song in your library so that when you turn on your car, the Bluetooth connects and plays whatever song, either it's the song you were last listening to or the first song in your thing. So I wanted to go around and see if this happens to you and what's the song that constantly goes on. 
Meredith, you're first. Uh, yes, it's called A Week Ago by Jay-Z, and it's terrible. <laughs> and I've listened to the first 20 seconds of that probably 100 <laughs> times, and I hate it. So I actually might download this yeah. song. <laughs> and do you have this issue? I have a Toyota from 2003. It has a tape deck. So this is not my problem. Okay. <laughs> what tape starts to auto yeah, play what? every time you get in the car? Yeah, tapes do that. I have two cassette tapes. One is Stevie Wonder Love Songs. The other one nice. is Europe, The Final Countdown. Oh, <laughs> nice. There's nothing wrong with any of those no. auto-loading. Nope. Uh, I do not keep any uh, MP3s in the music app on my phone. I use Spotify for everything, so none of it auto-launches. But what will happen sometimes is I'll have paused halfway through a podcast and then I'll get in the car with uh, Sam and it'll auto start playing and I will immediately try to pause it as fast as possible <laughs> so that it won't pick up in the middle of some stupid conversation. <laughs> like she came in and you were watching porn or something. You got quick. Yeah, stop, yeah stop, exactly. Stop. 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 Craig and Jeremy from the, the Eureka podcast are talking about their assholes again. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> oh. um, my... oh, go ahead. Sorry, Mike, your first. Oh, I never sync anything because I hate music, but for a long time, Emily's synced up with uh, Buck Owens' version of A11, which is, uh, if you like, if you must play the jukebox, please don't play A11 or something. And it's really obnoxious. Um, I have a story from this week that I actually messaged Emily. I'm listening to this um, book on tape, and it isn't a sexy story by any means, but I get into the car with Ellie, turn on the car, and it just happened to be a... Um, scene where a lady is pleasuring herself on skype to her boyfriend Uh and she had lots of questions (laughs) aiden's keeping a story (laughs) he's looking at what book that is right now (laughs) okay Um, sorry will yeah yeah sorry that's my fault uh let's see uh then they someone has a question about the so uh, the email, someone has a question about the TV tail picnics, so they pitch it. Uh, August 31st at Maris Farms. A through I should bring a main, whatever that means to you. J through P be- brings a dessert. Q, bring fruitcake. R through Z, a salad or a side. And then they re- they say, they have an email, but then they correct themselves, that listener Ann says if you want to use data... And Andrew doesn't like that tone because he saw it as if you want to actually use data. Well, that's how I read it. He called me preachy. That's <laughs> what he did. <laughs> You're passionate. Well, well, and you have a point. Yeah. I, what I was Here's saying was, hey, guys, if you want to use actual data, here it is. Yeah. I was not saying if you want to use actual data, dorks. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> Just a teeny bit of that. <laughs> um, and... Uh, email from Heidi, and she's a Minnesota 10, right? She's our Latin, right? She's our Latin um, correspondent. Uh, yeah, if it's Heidi Reynolds. Yeah. Um, she likes to randomly film her kids, and then her son found it and thought it was the best thing ever, and I think that's a really cute idea. And Luke says, this is exactly why we need Snapchat glasses. <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> sure, Luke. No, the difference is that She's videoing her own kids versus Snapchat glasses, which people would be using to video other people's kids. Right. Which is completely unacceptable. Right. And then Song of Ice and Spoilers, all I have is Nick was on. All right, Bobby. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Mike, apologies. Everyone apologies since my notes are not in the spreadsheet uh, because uh, I'm a little lazy this week. (laughs) 
All right, so we'll do this sort of in the stream of consciousness through which I wrote these. Uh, first, Luke tried to buy red wine at 1.15 a.m. from a Safeway um, and failed. Um, Andrew is generally jealous of Luke being uh, at PRPD. Uh, and Luke notes that they had their bus party uh, to try to swoon the uh, program radio directors uh, and that the bus driver clearly went to stripper DJ university for his <laughs> undergrad. <laughs> uh, Luke carried around a personal bottle of doers on this adventure, but definitely wasn't drunk. So he says, um, and he ingratiated himself by sharing his doers with other people. Um, all he wanted from Safeway was a little red wine, a Twix bar, and the opportunity to go back to his hotel room to watch a 30 for 30. <laughs> Mike, did you recognize the 30 for 30 he plugged? Because I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, the Marcus Dupree. I've seen it. It's very good. Good. Would it have been better with a little red wine and a Twix bar? Um, Not for me. I don't drink wine. Eight, but the Twix a, bar, probably. Yes. That'd be good. Like would you would you stir the red wine with the Twix? Know, <laughs> uh, I I do it before I'd use my remote. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's frustrated that there's a huge line at the Safeway, uh, and all I can say to that is maybe don't go at one thirty in the morning. Um, listener Brenda took Eclipse glasses to Luke's hotel, two pair, and left them at the hotel for him. So when Luke returned from his adventure, he was told they had mail. And they were handed off to Luke from listener Brenda, thus proving that Luke never has to be responsible because somebody will save him. Yep. Um, I do not have. We should talk about this because some people are staying here for the solar eclipse. I am not because I need to get back to reality in Boston. So I'll deal with my partial solar eclipse from New England. Um, But some of you guys are sticking around, right? Meredith, you're sort of leading the charge on that. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plan? Make us jealous. For what? The solar eclipse. Oh, I don't know. We don't really have one. Oh. Um, I'm less jealous than I thought I was going to (laughs) be. No, honestly, there's not much of a plan. Uh, I'm usually on the the ball with solar eclipse. Okay, so I don't have glasses. And I'm usually on the ball with this sort of stuff. And I totally failed on this one. And it was because I started to shop for them. And then I heard that there were a bunch of uh, fake ones out there. You were waiting to avoid the Well, no. So I did a bunch of research. And by the time I was done researching, they were basically gone. Except for we do have glasses Except for, okay. So Christy is saving my ass. And what? um, Amy Shepard. Amy Shepard is saving my ass. I didn't mean to actually call you out. And I don't know. (laughs) We don't have a plan. I was just thinking about that, actually. Like, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know where we're going to go. But. I got as far as finding some glasses, and that's yeah. the end of that. Yeah, that's right. And you're going back home before the eclipse, right? Yes, indeed. I'm going to be on the roof of my office building at the University of Minnesota. We're having eclipse lunch. Somebody has glasses, so that's nice. going to be fun. All right, then. And you're, uh, Christy, you're going down with them, right? No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is maybe going to um, Salem. Okay. All right. No, no, no. And, none of uh, that for me. Mike, are you venturing to the middle of the country for your closest chance at totality? Uh, I doubt I'll even go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But the right. what what's a little bit of trivia is that Mike's old house, Sheridan, will be in totality. <laughs> it, it will be in complete darkness. I really, I'm curious as to what their plan is. I I think if I were them, I would lock everybody down. Um. Because it just seems like you don't want to be the prison where the breakout happened during the total eclipse. You don't want to be that warden. So, 
All right. So moving on to our top story from Thursday, the uh, Martin Screlly uh, jury selection proceedings have been printed in Harper's Magazine and then retweeted and posted by everyone on Earth. Um, they read through some of the funny and honest quotes from some of the potential jurors. <laughs> Uh, and juror number 59 is everyone's favorite because in addition to just pointing out the fact that Martin Scarelli is a douche, he put at the end of his testimony, after he was told he was free to go, that he also did not like Martin Scarelli because he, quote, disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> uh, and this leads to a conversation about whether or not he did disrespect the Wu-Tang Clan and Andrew putting a call out for his Wu-Tang name, um... The first thing that came up to them was Master Parker, but more come on Friday. Um, Luke's would be mentally Albanian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up story is the Chick-fil-A going into the Falcon Stadium that's going to be closed on Sundays, which is all but one of their home games next season. It's ridiculous. Um, there is a dazzling detail in this story that the guys did not mention that I think is worth pointing out. Um, uh, I don't know if it's Gillespie, probably Chef Kevin Gillespie, who is, I think, a Top Chef contestant, um, has food in that stadium. And he has a sandwich called the, quote, Closed on Sundays, which is a fried chicken uh, cutlet with a oh, uh, soft roll, I see how a this pickle, is going. mayo, and honey butter. Hmm. So on football days, huh. you're going to be able to get a, quote, Closed on Sundays sandwich from a not Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I actually don't think this is the worst thing that they that company ever did because the chick-fil-a peach bowl has been a huge marketing thing for them for many decades and it's a it's a massive part of the college football playoff and the and i think they need to be in that stadium for that game and if they need to turn their signage around on seven nfl sundays but be available for all of the college and all of the other events that go on in there um, I can see why they felt they had to be, as an Atlanta institution, they had to be a part of that. It, but it was like har-har Twitter funny, but um, a lot more goes on is going to go on in that Mercedes-Benz Dome than, than uh, Atlanta Falcons. You say that like someone who has any experience doing stadium vending. It's, it's a branding. A lot of it is branding, and their signage will be everywhere, and it'll just make you miss Chick-fil-A more. I almost... I, I think I've had Chick-fil-A like three or four times and I've wanted it like 10 other times, but it's always been on a Sunday. <laughs> so you think there's something to the artificial scarcity of Chick-fil-A? Yeah, sure. Sure. All right. Uh, the guys go on a tangent about stadium names like divorce lawyers for men.com arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tried to avoid the dot coms in names. So we're never going to get little red bandwagon.com stadium. Although it sounds like we could get a good deal on Kiarina's naming rights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, two DC-10s crashed the party bus uh, in Washington, D.C., and Luke let it happen, but first pulled them aside and said, this is not a TVTL event, so if anyone asks, you're the two biggest Livewire fans on there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. I think it was actually a good idea yeah. for them. Yeah, great thinking, and nice of him to let them on board. Yeah. And nice of them to play along. Exactly. So we get to the email segment, except not really, because they forgot to thank the donors until the email music started, so they just did the donors instead. There's a conversation about the Holy Trinity versus transubstantiation that we do not need to try to explain to anyone who doesn't already understand it. Um, Then we get uh, an email um, that includes a Jewish comedian circumcision joke. Ouch. (laughs) 
<laughs> and a listener who had twins and is very excited to the fact uh, to the fact that she caught up even though she was 50 episodes behind at one point. That's an accomplishment. No mm-hmm. kidding. Listening to five a week seems like a challenge yeah. sometimes. So that's Thursday. All right. Friday, 2449 Murder. He podcasted. I'm gonna. This is going to be real quick because all of this is going to be news to y'all. I don't think you know y'all really listened to the, the Friday, Friday show. I listened this morning. Phyllis. We all did. I here at two speed. <laughs> <laughs> it can seem even if, more annoying yeah. at double speed. If you try to listen to this episode at any more than single speed with Andrew and Phyllis, especially the first 10, 15 minutes, yes, um, you will just hear a screech. Well, yeah, because. Andrew's so excited about having Phyllis, and and he's he's play he plays the audio coming in of a Magnum PI murder she wrote um, crossover of the meeting between Higgins and, uh, and Bobby. You're probably familiar when Higgins met Jessica Fletcher. Yes, it's it's oh. a it's a it's a moment in history that's worth noting. Yeah, <laughs> magic, just magic. Um. So this leads to what what Andrew jokes for a while is going to be a no rules Friday with Phyllis. I've written in my notes, slow down because it wasn't enough room for slow the fuck down. Um, Phyllis talks about how she pranked her mom. Her mom was an uh, est. Um, te- I don't want to say teacher. I think they were instructors. It was something in the 1970s about um, how they would teach people how to deal with their life more peacefully. And the reason the story came up is because of the Magnum PI talk. Phyllis said that she had a a Tom Selleck story, and that story is, um, her she took her mom's est uh, materials and and substituted a TV guide with hearts um, drawn into Tom Selleck's eyes in for the actual stuff that her mom took to teach the est class. So she pr- she pranked her mom who. Um, seemed very uh, unimpressed by it, but she's pretty proud of it. It was a good, it's prank. a good prank. Yeah. Yep. It did then make we me get... want to make the show picture this week a picture of Tom Selleck with hearts over the eyes, <laughs> with with hearts over his eyes. I'm yeah. sure it exists somewhere. There's a um. We get a big plug because uh, Phyllis is wearing her LRB shirt with all of us in the wagon, which is pretty ballsy. I love it. And and she gives a shout out to the uh, picnic for the evening. God bless Phyllis. Um, Revving hard for the LRB. She knows how to hit her marks on the plugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she really does. She's not ever going to be denied on those things. Okay, they have to, because Phyllis is there and they haven't put to bed the Wu-Tang name thing, um, they come up with, the listeners have come up with some names. Of course, they break out that old uh, Wu-Tang clan name generator but the best names they seem to come up with are andy analog or parker brother which parker brother is great but andrew's andrew's point that he's not an actual brother um (laughs) andy analog makes a lot more sense to me andy analog is a good that's a good good name yeah and even though phyllis offers to to give him street cred on parker brother he's like you're not always going to be there phyllis i might have to announce (laughs) that Announce myself as a brother, and that's that probably isn't going to go it well. It might be the most self-aware thing Andrew's yeah. done all week, saying that. So we get uh, now a super special appearance because Andrew was on Twitter before the show, and and so was Jen, and Andrew just called Jen to talk about 
stuff that Jen wanted to talk about. And, and mostly it was about the eclipse. Um, Jen's going to be watching it at some sort of older folks home or something. She doesn't seem very excited about it. She's excited for the eclipse, but not the people she's going to be sharing it with because she's hoping to have some sort of religious type experience, some sort of transformative experience. Um, Phyllis is, is at this point, not dreading the eclipse, but dreading the event of the eclipse because she doesn't have her plan yet. She doesn't know which box to check uh, whether they're going to, because she's talked um, Gus into if the drive is going to be any more than five or six hours to get down to Salem when they were going to watch it, that he, that he's she's going to tell Gus it's not happening. Um, but at this point on Friday, she doesn't know. And she's kind of dreading that drive or his disappointment or whatever. She just wants to know whether um, what's going to happen so she can get excited to watch it partially up in up, up somewhere on somebody's roof in Finney Ridge or something or down in, in Salem. Um, and I was just thinking about the eclipse that happened because I'm, I'm older than y'all. I remember kind of, kind of it, kind of the happening of it. Um, Phyllis had some memories cause she was like eight, seven or eight. And you know, they made their little things. I, I was in junior high. I think I was like, I was 13 and I remember something about making those, those boxes. And I was really terrible at crafts and I was terrified of science and I didn't like to talk to adults. So I remember like, you know, we, we probably went outside and I pretended I could see it in my box. And then, you know, we went inside and I crushed it into the trash and, and that was it. It got dark for a couple of minutes. So my you know? there, there was one in 1994 and that would have put me in, in sixth grade. And, uh-huh. uh, so I remember very clearly making a, uh, one of those viewing boxes that was part of our science class. And I remember going uh-huh. outside in the middle of the day, I think Michigan was in the path of totality then. And, and I, I think it came the other way across the country, like from, from Southwest to, to Northeast. And mm-hmm. so it got Michigan right in the middle of it. And so I remember that very clearly. And we did make those boxes and actually did work. Like when I was, I wasn't really stressing too hard over not being able to find eclipse glasses. So I was like, Oh, I'll just make a pinhole box. It's fine. It's pretty, I'm cool. sure most people's boxes worked. You I'm can sure also mine watch didn't it in work. the shadows. Like you can see it in the shadow of, of almost anything on the ground. I was probably just standing in the shadows, kicking a soccer ball or something, waiting for it to be over. <laughs> um, the question is back. Uh, and the question is about items not rung up. Do you tell the checker or if you realize on your way out and it's an expensive item, do you go back? Um, Andrew is not telling anyone and also keeps extra change people give him. And the bigger ticket item, the better. And he doesn't care because it's big corporations and he doesn't care about being honest. And he gets called out quite a bit by Phyllis and Jen well, in this, this exchange. Well, this is stealing, right? <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> well, what if, if you, you don't no, notice you until notice. you get home? Well, so that happened to me one time when yeah. I was outfitting my first apartment. I went to Meyer, uh, Michigan Classic, and I got a uh, set of tumblers. So like glasses of different sizes. Mm-hmm. And I put them in the bottom of my cart underneath. And uh, the checker didn't notice. And I totally, I, this wasn't even on purpose. And I didn't notice until I got home. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm not going back. I had this happen with a chop saw at at a Home wow. Depot. We bought a whole bunch of stuff to help my condo be livable. And the the weird part is that the checker was commenting, that's a great saw. Like everyone was commenting on it. And then we got it home and looked at the 
at the receipt. I was like, oh, I need the receipt to um, to keep it. And they, it wasn't on there. Because I was like, this was really cheap. We only got four doors. We got a bunch of trim. Because we had bought a whole bunch of stuff and there's no chop saw. I'm not taking that thing back. No, I didn't go Free back to those saw. cuts. But I do let anyone who wants to borrow it. <laughs> That's fair. So, sure. And if they don't balance. return it, you know, what, yeah. what are you going to do? Right, exactly. You know? um, Jen excused herself a little bit because um, she said... That she won't even she won't even go back into the house to get her jacket and that's like ten feet. <laughs> right. So she's not driving back to the store if she got a free vacuum. So really, it's something. not dishonesty; it's laziness. Right. I once, yeah. uh, not too long ago, there were cookie cutters on clearance at Stop and Shop. I think it might have been after the holidays, and and there was a shape we didn't have and we wanted it. So I grabbed it, and it was in the bottom of our carriage or cart. And um, we got past the checker and we were just halfway out the doors and I realized it hadn't been scanned. And so I took it back to the uh, customer service desk and explained to them that I wanted to pay for it. And it ended up being 10 cents. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how That's much a- it was going to be. It was just on a clearance rack. And I was like, well, I don't want to <laughs> steal this. And That's some self-satisfaction on a, on a budget. Yeah. Right there. So I, I gave her a dime and we were good. That's mighty ready. <laughs> yeah. But you know me. Uh, Phyllis told a always always responsible and mature and you know doing the right thing always. Phyllis told a a charming story about how she and her mom took um, some free merchandise once when they were um, when Phyllis was young and they were on uh, food stamps and there was some piece of meat and uh, Phyllis's mom said, "Oh, we can't afford that. You know, you can put that back." And the checker looked up at them and then looked at the meat and looked at the bag and stuck it in the bag. Oh, yeah. so, wonderful. And that, that checker was, that was, was Les cute. Schwab. He would go on to That's right. entire stores. <laughs> that was an inspirational because moment. Because they did, they did have four radials that they were taking <laughs> home in their car. So he thought they'd earned that, uh, that free beef. Uh, Jen powers out. Um, with a story in which my name gets invoked, but I think it's probably going to get invoked till the end of time on TBTL whenever a bank robbing story comes up. Jen is talking about how in, because uh, I think she's at home in, in Roslyn on Friday, and she said that uh, a toothless man had just robbed a bank. And how many banks could there be in Roslyn? But he's robbed some large percentage of the banks in Roslyn. <laughs> either uh, 100%, 50%, or 33%. And she's incredulous that they can't catch this uh, man in his 50s with no teeth. And uh, they thought, then, of course, the question comes up, you know, well, how, where was he in the uh, leg department? You know? <laughs> well, when she first started describing white man in his 50s and she started, I, to, I, I thought she was going to say legless. And then I'm like, it's Mike. <laughs> Is there a reward? Yeah, right. <laughs> don't you think I would have gone to the picnic last night if I was going to be? I don't know. I don't know. Would you? Have? In the area? I mean, it's a, only a few hours. That's oh, a you point. you brought, you would come with a basket full of mints and dum-dum suckers. <laughs> oh, man. I would have come rolling into the, rolling into that picnic just riding high you wouldn't even i would have catered that motherfucker i would have fired everything in the trash and <laughs> and, and catered the whole thing hey do us a favor could you not go buy a house or anything next summer so we can actually make this work <laughs> sorry about that yeah, stop moving already um 
they they talk about uh, uh, Phyllis's love for Howard Stern and also um, Luke's love for Howard Stern. Andrew has a growing love of Howard Stern, but he has a problem because the shows are four hours long and there are three of them a week. So that's 12 hours of, of listening to Howard Stern. And I'm, I mean, I think I may be a typical male in my demographic in that, um, I will listen to Howard Stern when it, but only when it, I'm in a rental car or I'm in a new car or some, there's some trial going on. Cause it's, it's enjoyable, but I just don't feel like I can, pay to listen to Howard Stern because he's, he's, I mean, say, say, coming from me, I've been mean to a lot of people in my life, but the show's kind of mean, you know? So sometimes it grates on me a little bit, but I, I listened to Howard Stern for a while when I was in college, I had a really boring summer internship and I was just desperate for things to listen to in the mm-hmm. cubicle. And it's like, he's such a smart guy and you can tell he has yeah. an intention behind what he's doing, but it's so crude, but it's crude by design, but I still just can't, it, it just doesn't do anything for me. I like the interview part. I think he's a really good interviewer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. But the, the rap pack part or brat mm-hmm. pack or whack pack, I can't. It'd be I great in if college. it was the brat pack. I'm just trying to yeah. picture Rob Lowe <laughs> right. recapping. Uh, I do love the after show though. I used to listen in college and I haven't listened in years and years and years. It just sort of, I think it was just more crude and misogynistic than I could stomach yeah. for a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure it's changed. Uh, but I just, I don't have any, uh, any more hours in my day for that sort of thing. I like to imagine they have a show channel, the Slack Pack channel, you know, <laughs> where they plan out all their shenanigans. All right, music for your weekend, Andrew. Um, he's got to bring some Wu Tang Clan. Can it all? Can it be all so simple? Phyllis Renee Marie uh, singing Dixie, which transitions into Strange Fruit. It's really beautiful. Oh my god, that and song then is amazing. Jen left a song for them. Nathaniel Rateless and the Night Sweats Howling at Nothing. And I hated her for leaving that song because that was a lot of typing. But I didn't <laughs> <want to. laughs> And looking up, you know, of making sure you got it right. Because when you do the music for your weekend, you want to look it up and make it right. So it just always seems like an extra, extra burden when when the band has a super long name. Well, you have to make sure that the, the song you're not calling the song name the band name right. or vice versa. Right, right, yeah. right. And when you don't pay any attention to music and you hate it as much as I do, that requires extra effort because there's no way I've ever heard of it before. We thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> Housekeeping. That's me. We would like you to buy stuff from us. <laughs> <laughs> we have merch a lot of natural. Money. She's a natural. <laughs> Please to buy us from us. Um, a lot of people wore their stuff and it was so cool. It was and so to great. It, yeah. Yeah. To see it in person was awesome. And I was wearing a limited edition just because I've been buying stuff that are samples just to see how it looks. And I got a lot of good feedback on the zip up hoodie that I wore. Yeah. So I was we'll, jealous. I want one. So I think we're going to yeah, put those up. Great. A lot of people like zip ups yeah. more than the over the head hoodie. So that was awesome. Um, please to archive for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting close, but we still have a lot of weeks, especially cause I repoed a bunch. Um, so, somebody was asking about it all you do is i assign you a week you listen to the shows and you write stuff down i have more detailed tips and 
um, stuff of how to do it if you send me an email. And let's see, you can buy stuff on Amazon at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And we get a couple pennies on some things, especially fake glasses. We get 100% of the proceeds <laughs> from fake glasses. <laughs> uh, listen to our friends Earbuds and Earworms. Actually, Amy Shepard flew in from Memphis to our LRB picnic, and she edited the show on the airplane. Yeah. So that will be mm-hmm. awesome. It's an yeah. Eclipse episode. And if I wasn't so lazy, I would yell across the room to get Amy over here to tell us about it. But you're just going to have to go listen to it. She said that she got 40 song submissions Mm -hmm. for a clip song. And there's one song, the obvious song, is not on there. Right. The song that we're all thinking of did not For being maybe a little too on the nose. A little bit. King Harvest's Moon Dance. (laughs) Did you make the list? Howling at the Moon. (laughs) You'll just have to listen and see. Uh, let's see. Send us your favorite clips so that we can do an end of the year best of show. Or, or worst of. Or worst of. Maybe you guys, <laughs> we haven't gotten many. Maybe you guys hate all of us. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, let's we switch do. it to worst of and see how much we okay. get. Okay. I like it. And that will do a little get involved. Um, you can find us online at littleredbandwagon.com. That is also where you can order your merch. Uh, throwyourphone.com for your comments. Yes or no, good or bad. Anything you want to send us. Facebook, it's Little Red Bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and texts go to 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. We did get your feedback this week, mm-hmm. but we've had far too much to drink this afternoon to break it down. So thank you. We appreciate right. it. Sorry and, about that. And could you, um, we're putting a microphone in front of Aiden so we can thank him for his engineering work for us this week. He's our youngest and most talented engineer we've had on the show yet. Clearly. Aiden, thank you for your work. I can guarantee you I'm not talented. <laughs> Keep the compliments coming. <laughs> I was about to say that he's as humble as his father, and then that last little bit came out. Thank you, Aiden, for that. We appreciate it. And um, I took a tour of Aiden's bedroom studio before this, and he's got a better video editing setup than we could ever imagine to know how to use. <laughs> so maybe someday we'll do a video podcast with Aiden. You got to eat that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. Christy. Why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Guys, have a great time. This was fun talking with you, but I want you to don't even worry about me this afternoon. Once the mics are off, I, you can forget about me, okay? Don't worry, we will. Did we remember you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> oh. I love you, Jen. Mike. We're all, there's no delay right Yeah. Count us down. Alright. One. Okay, wait. On, on three. three. And then a silent pause. Oh, God. Here we go. Is that Matt Bach <laughs> opening? What's the shout out to TDP? No, on three, we're doing it. God, I hope the debt recorder's rolling. One, two, nailed it. it. You know. Mike, you didn't do it. I protested. <laughs> <laughs> That was for Friday. <laughs>